everybody. Welcome back to a great edition of Talking Tigs. Tonight, it's going to be me, Scott Gerard, Daniel Zollinger, and Tommy Johnson all on the pod for you. As always, got the big Super Bowl wrap-up. And, uh, of course, we got some LSU uh, basketball stuff to update you on. But, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, everything was pretty much about the big game, I, I think, this weekend. I'm curious to see or to hear what you guys uh, thought about it. And um, I don't know, just everything else around it. Cause you know, it's never just about the game. It's always the lead up to the game. It's, you know, the national anthem who hit the time. If the national anthem was good, how's the halftime show, the commercials, you know, all that stuff. Um, I think, you know, well, we can get into it. Uh, that was a good game. Just kind of like a, I don't know. Uh, an ending that was, I don't know. It didn't feel satisfied for some reason <laughs> you know it's not that I, I didn't have an investment either way in either team it was just like a, a weird ending to me for some reason i don't know probably you guys too but before we get into all that um how you guys doing good good to be with you um you know gosh completely done with football except for every other commercial last night was the usfl after completely forgot that that was even still a thing i thought that league had collapsed but um so you know we'll go, we'll have some more oblong ball to watch, but uh, yeah, good Super Bowl. Um, you know, questionable ending, but other than that, um, yeah, excited to uh, to break it all down with you. Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm in a little bit better health than last week. I was sniffling the whole podcast, but doing fine. Uh, this one had a, a good game yesterday, like you said. The Super Bowl lived up to the billing, high scoring, a lot of action back and forth, and. And then, yeah, it was a bit tough at the end. People were saying it was set up to be the ESPN instant classic, if not for the mm-hmm. last two minutes that fell into the hands of the referees. But that's kind of the way it goes. But yeah, enjoyed the, the halftime, the commercials and the whole spectacle. So uh, it was a pretty good way to cap off the year. And we're, we're rolling into to other sports now as, as baseball uh, tips. I don't really know what you call it. Their opening day uh, this yeah. week. And so that's uh, something else to, to look forward to for LSU fans, at least, because the basketball isn't exactly uh, a thrill. Right. I would say tee off, but that's probably more golf or, or actually tee ball. Um, first pitch baseball maybe. takes the field. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, first pitch, there's that. But it's like, yeah, it's take the field or like, you know, tip off. Like you said, it's, it's but there's not one kick for, off first yeah, pitch, I guess. They, they always go by first pitch. Right. Yeah. yeah. The first. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, the big game, I thought it was a really good game. Uh, it was, you know, it was tied up until, until the last, what, 10 seconds. So I thought that was, you know, uh, you got your money's worth everybody. Cause that means all eyes were watching to the very end. So all the, pretty sure all the advertisers got their money's worth, at least the yeah. ones that have those, uh, late game commercials. But <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I sensed, I sensed some, uh, some, some am, not ambiguity, some ambivalence about the uh, the officiating towards the end of the game. Do you think that swayed the game, or do you? I, I do, man. I I felt like, and and the more and more I think about it, like that's like that's like when a ref in a basketball game like calls a shooting foul with the last couple seconds, and then the you know what I mean, like, and then you kind of give you kind of let it's like we're gonna take free throws to decide this game. I feel like, and I've seen some people 
on Twitter and Instagram and everything being like, oh, like that was clearly, uh, clearly pass interference, good call. It didn't look, I don't know. I just feel like, especially that late in the game, it has to be, I mean, you better be just straight up assaulting the guy. I, I think, I don't know. I thought, I thought it was too, too much, you know, back and forth to, to justify pretty much giving the game to the chiefs on that one penalty. Right. I think by the the textbook definition of the holding foul, it was holding like he had his Jersey, like in his hand, but if you watch it like in full speed, he didn't really get slowed down on his route and the ball was probably uncatchable anyway. It was in the very back corner of the end zone. So if they hadn't called a penalty, I don't think he's catching the ball. And so it, it does, it is disappointing to see the game kind of go down like that. It's kind of the inverse of not to dwell on this too much, but the saints with the no pass interference against the Rams where the guy got shoved at the end. Um, and that didn't get called, but this did. So the, uh, the refs went again, maybe Philadelphia can join the saints in their like the Roger Goodell clown t-shirts and, and the hating of Goodell. I think everybody does that pretty much anyway. Yeah. But other other than that, it was, it was a really good game. I think the chiefs probably deserved to win with how Patrick Mahomes was playing in the second half. Anyhow, uh, grinding on one ankle, pretty much still yeah. tucking and running. I don't know how he was running with the ball, like in, instead of not sliding pretty much, but uh, they did good. And uh, yeah, Andy Reid brought it home. He definitely outcoached in the second half, drew up all the good plays around the end zone. Did y'all see the little carousel huddle one one play? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've done that. They did that against the Bengals. Um, and I feel like they did it in the divisional too. And I was just like, I mean, I don't know what it's funny. And I, I, I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess. But I was I like, I can't believe that they're doing that in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, something you would see on the like a middle school football highlight. <laughs> yeah. That's like the thing that you do like on senior night when, you know, you want to get the, when the, the, the right tackle, who's been like a, 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 just a straight grinder, you want to give him the touchdown. So you make him like eligible, you know, like we used to do stuff like that. And I'm like, man, they're doing this in the Super Bowl in a, in a, at a time in the game when like they they weren't up. Right. So, but that's, that's Eric B enemy. I mean, he's, you know, they, they don't call him one of the most uh, exciting play callers out there for nothing yeah I, I at the end of the game they were interviewing Andy Reid and he gave a like he specifically mentioned him like I could yeah. tell like he 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 appreciates the guy probably doesn't want to lose him but he's like I, I thought that was kind of like a a uh what do you call it um a pre like he was classy thing well yeah it was definitely classy but no I think he was he was trying to like give Eric B. Oh, like promote him a reference for the off season to like say, yeah, we hired this guy. This is why we won the game. It's cause like, he's been up for interviews, but no one keeps hiring him. Right. But I don't know. I feel like if you were Eric Bannamy and you, you know, let's say you didn't get hired and you interviewed, like he was probably going to go to some you know team that had to fire their coach. So they probably sucked. Like he wouldn't, you know, who knows how that would have been, but he he just won another Super Bowl. Yeah. So I'll take him on the Saints. We yeah. not that good. Uh well, hey, you gotta get rid of Dennis Allen first. Even um I think even last year when when the coaching carousel was kind of going around, um everybody or I remember Andy Reid, I think, made a statement. He was like, How he is how how the enemy is still on my staff makes no sense to me. Yeah. So assume, he's been advocating yeah. for him to to get a head coaching job for a while. I do wonder if like 
I wonder if there's something, you know, it's like just something in interviews that just maybe he doesn't interview well. Maybe, maybe, you know what I mean? Like something, because I, I, I agree. I mean, like, wouldn't you want the guy who's kind of been the, the, I mean, even, even, uh, Mahomes said in, I don't know if you saw the interview with Mahomes before the game, it was with Aaron Mm -hmm. Andrews. I think I didn't know he, um, he said, he was like, when I got drafted, I was just a, just a, you know, kind of athletic kid who loved the game, but he was like, I didn't know how to play quarterback. He was like, I was just a gunslinger from Texas tech. Which is kind of, I mean, that's pretty self-aware for him. Like, I, I respect him for saying that on national TV. I, I didn't like, know that was the case. Right? Yeah. And then he, uh, and he's like, but this, like, Andy Reid, he, he said Andy Reid, but I mean, the enemy's been there as well, you know, the whole time too. Like, he he taught me how to play quarterback in this league. So, mm-hmm. um, am I, if, I'm, if I'm a GM or a decision maker and I'm hearing that, I'm like, well, you know, can he teach, uh, can he teach Andy Dalton to play quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> right probably not um no probably not Spo- yeah Spoiler. can't teach an old dog as they say but um i don't know i'd say yeah i'd say andy reed like as they went on you could tell the chiefs were kind of just like i thought i, I forget which one he, well and i think i was the one that said i thought philly's defense was going to be the one to do it and you know what for three quarters it was they did what they needed to they held the chiefs to one touchdown per quarter I'd say yeah. it's, it's pretty good. And his team had a lead at one point, a decent lead, but I don't know. I think uh, the chiefs just kept plugging there. Like the, the Eagles didn't really get to Mahomes at, at all. So I, I think the, uh, the chiefs O-line kind of stifled what, what I thought Philly was going to bring. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, the chiefs were able to drive down, you know, they, they were able to match drive for drive score for score. So uh so we had that one last drive i know they gave up the yards but i don't know still it's like that that's that's him and Holland, i think to to based on one play because had they stopped him earlier in the drive it, well oh, that's right it was a long punt return uh which there was almost like they break they broke a lot of records i feel like mm-hmm. there's been a lot of records um but yeah the the punt, longest punt return but it could have been a touchdown and that would have been a first one but before the game, when did you mention like a fumble return TD or something? Was that you, Daniel? You see, I'm you not sure. If, if I did, then I'll I take thought, credit I for it. No, it was that either that. Scott. I thought it was that or a. Uh, um, it was. That's right. That's right. And there was almost two. Like the Chiefs almost had two. I thought that would have been Philly doing it, but no, the Chiefs. Their defense was. Uh, their defense came. I, and then it made me think of something else you said, Tommy's like. I, I thought, well, look at what Philly's doing in the playoffs to these people. And you're like, I think the FC's tougher. I, I think yeah. Philly's going to come up against something when they face the Chiefs. And I don't know, it looked pretty even. But, yeah, I think uh, over time it was it was, it was was the Chiefs for not, to not be denied. Well, it, it, you're yes. And, and I think also something to, to, to really, like, remember about that, the first half or second half, that first half, the Chiefs dominated them on time of possession. I mean, they they played keep away with Mahomes. I think he was only in the game for like eight minutes. You know what I mean, uh, or something like that. And so, I mean, he the whole first half, he just watched him sit on the sidelines <laughs> and look at an iPad. And so, um, I, I think that uh, that that's that. It was very good, like very well done by the by the Eagles, but you can only do that for so long. And I mean. 
once once Mahomes had the opportunity, he just you know, like you said, he wouldn't be denied. But um, yeah. I was going to say, I think one of the big adjustments was in the Chiefs' run game at halftime, where they really the offensive line really started to to go, and the combination of Pacheco and then Patrick Mahomes was using his legs almost as much of his as his arms, even with the hurt ankle. Uh, yeah. So they were just kind of driving at will and that was freeing up kind of the wheel route plays towards the, the red zone that they would spring somebody wide open on and score easily. Uh, so there, there were definitely good adjustments there and that's not the chief's typical style or their Mahomes is dropping back 40 plus times a, a game, but uh, you, you win any way you can. So uh, good on them. And you can't fault Jalen Hurts for anything either. He had a big game himself, 300 yards passing and like 70 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. So he probably talked about the play. records, Scott, like that was the record for most ever, uh, what, uh, rushing touchdowns mm-hmm. by anybody. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's tough. You can't, you can't say that, uh, Jalen Hurts lost in the game. I mean, the only thing, well, actually, you know what? They didn't, no, I guess I mean the only thing would be that um that fumble. Yeah, he fumbled the ball, he kinda of pulled a two and just blooped it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um uh, but you know what at that point like he still it's like he like his At that point they're still up by two scores, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um but yeah, I you know it's it's known Jalen. Uh, I mean he you know he used I don't know. Uh, it was just the way it is. Uh, I mean, you could buy into conspiracies and all that. I mean, there's, you know, it was that, there was that interview that popped up recently where some player, some former player was talking about how everything's rigged. It's like when you see a, the ending like that and you think, I believe it. I believe it. It's like you, you don't want to buy into that, but then it's like the refs make some weird call like that and it just allows people to believe it. Uh, I don't know that I can say it's rigged, but... I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's like scripted rigged, but like, like w- it makes w- sense. <laughs> yeah, but it does make sense. That, like, and Daniel, I think you t- you texted it to um to like some of our, to some of our friends. It was like the NFL wants um like they want the Mahomes like the greatest ever kind of thing. Like yeah, you know, like the new Tom cool. new Tom Brady now that Brady's gone. Yeah. He's, he's gone and he's so much younger than Brady was like, yeah. right. Like he's breaking all these records and kind of setting the world on fire before Brady was even really Brady. Yeah. They're, so, already, they're, they're already showing all these things. Oh, Mahomes has got two and two, two Super Bowls, two MVPs. I'm like, yeah. Okay, great. But I don't think anyone's ever going to match Brady and get seven Super Bowls. Seven. Come on. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, and also, I mean, obviously, I mean, Brady, Brady in his prime was phenomenal, but New England was able to put together incredible teams. And they had, I mean, we'll see how long Andy Reid stays with, you know, I don't, I don't think that the timing will probably be the same with Mahomes and Andy Reid. I, I, I would doubt Andy Reid's the coach of the Chiefs by the time that, uh, what, his 12 year contract is up. I don't know. Yeah. Or is it I, 10 year? It's, 10 or 12, something like that. Um, yeah. But good for good for the Chiefs, good for Mahomes, good for mm-hmm. our boy Clyde. He is now a Super Bowl champion. That's cool. Do you see him on the sideline in uh, sweatpants? <laughs> right, he didn't hey, play it still counts. He was activated for the game. He didn't play. What happened? I think LSU is they, still they claiming like their, their streak is alive of like players who've won a Super Bowl or, or played in a Super Bowl. It's like he didn't really play. <laughs> 
you know, look, they were saving him for next year. They didn't want to give anything away. They knew that, that Clyde is really the secret weapon. And, uh, and they just didn't want, you know, it's like, hey, look, we, we got this on lock. Clyde, just take this one off. We'll get you that ring. That's true. Give, give me your ring size, Clyde. Just stand here in sweatpants. I mean, look, the, the game would have, they would have won by probably like 30 points if, uh, if Clyde had been in. That's just my thought. At least. Absolutely. Was there, was there anything else kind of surrounding the game, like favorite commercial or interview or just random thing that y'all enjoyed? I kind of like the Tubi commercial where it looked like they were taking over your TV and like clicking through the, uh, the that was kind of weird. I know yeah. people were grabbing their remotes going, what the hell? <laughs> that was uh, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I thought I liked that one. Um, as a dad, I liked the Binky dad, the Kia commercial. It was, yeah, very, that was good too. I, I was, I'm, I'm still like, I was, I was there. Literally, uh, same thing happened, except for me, it was at a restaurant. We were trying to get rid of it anyway, but ended up. I, I think I ended up leaving it there somewhere, and I, I went back in and couldn't find it. That uh, she needed to break, break, break the habit anyway, so it worked out. But yeah, definitely been in binky dad mode. Um, plus, it was just, it was, you know, it's funny. Just the the way that it was written, the comedy with he brings it back, and oh, that's not the right color. Yeah, you know, they just <laughs> keep them coming. Um, I, I, I liked the uh, the. The trailer for that Jordan movie that's coming yes. out, Nike tries. To, I want to see that. That looks interesting. Me too. I, um, and I mean, like I've heard, I've, I forget what it was. Where I think I, I think might have been in business school, Daniel. Um, you might remember this. We, I remember doing a case study on Nike and how they and how they like got Jordan or whatever. And I mean, it's mm-hmm. an interesting story. I, I'm interested to see how they make it make it into a movie because. I mean, like, obviously, I'm sure there's a ton of, you know, background and meetings and all this stuff, but um, it was, it, yeah, it's going to be a, you know, he made that brand and that brand made him. So um, I, I, I'm super excited about that one. Also, I think it's kind of cool how they never show the actor's face, at least not in the trailer, of who's playing Jordan. I don't know who is playing Jordan. I've never even heard of this movie until I saw the trailer. I saw it on Saturday before the Super Bowl. I saw it on, like, Twitter or something. Mm. But I feel like it hasn't gotten that much, that much, like, you know, press. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also like the Dave Grohl commercial was crown Royal. He was, he was like all naming all these things that I didn't, you know, I didn't, you know, we're Canadian basically, including yeah. crown Royal. So he's just basically thanking Canada, Canada for all these things. It, I thought basketball was genuinely American. I thought it was too. He said basketball is from Canada. Yeah. He was, I don't he said remember basketball. now. Oh, Maybe James Naismith is from Canada. Who knows? Uh, but it was born in America. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it was it was like made in New York, I think. Mm. Um, I don't know. There was a lot of who, like you were saying, Daniel, hoop like uh, events around it. I don't know. There was a lot of hoopla before the game about this the the one commercial that he gets us thing, and I, I don't know. I was it came in pretty late. I thought, and then I watched it. I'm like. I don't know. I guess I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I get, I think I get what they're trying. I don't know. It was just. I kind of like this. The commercial. commercial was not what I thought it was going to be. I guess it was, there was like no words. It was just images. And then he gets us. Well, they've been doing, they've been doing these, he gets us commercials for like, I started seeing them. I think maybe this college football season, like start of the season, maybe. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you when and when and where you saw it, but cause I, I don't maybe. think I'd even heard of it before this week. I don't really know who's who's like what organization it is. You know, it, it's he gets us dot com, but yeah, 
it, oh. I thought it was. Uh, never mind. I don't know. <laughs> I was about to say Mormons, but I don't think it's them. It's I don't know. I saw Hobby Lobby turning with it, so maybe it was like some. I, I don't know. It's just it's some movement. Anyway, um, so there was that. There was uh, you know, the first flyover with all female pilots. I totally missed that though. I didn't see it. Uh, I know they probably talked about it, but you know, I mean, it wasn't they, different, right? They like weren't cutting each other off or anything. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. They're honking in the F-16s. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris Stapleton did a good job on the anthem. I thought it was a bit different yeah. one than the kind of the normal like extravagant. It's kind of just more low key, soulful. So that was neat. Yeah. It's nice yeah. to just sit up, mix it up. Yeah, and then the Gatorade bath was purple, which they didn't even show on TV. So there was a controversy again. Why is it purple? Don't know. Because purple's the Clyde. Lens. Clyde put it in his writer. Because Clyde, yeah. Because because I win a like, Super Bowl, <laughs> it better be purple. Because they're like our best player requested purple. Clyde. Yeah, exactly. Okay, one, one last thing on the Super Bowl before we move on. Early twenty twenty four Super Bowl picks. Anybody, who do we think takes it back next year? Uh, I don't know. Could it could it be the first repeat like matchup back to back? I don't know if that's ever happened. Eagles, Bengals. I mean, Eagles, yeah. Chiefs. Chiefs, yeah. Assuming you know, I don't know. Maybe the Chiefs will be different next year. It's like half the team is having kids, like all around the same time. So uh, I think these dads will be in a different headspace next season. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah, well, one- do, do the do Sean Payton's Broncos? Yeah. Make a make a big turnaround. Is he the, is he going to be able to whisper to uh, to Russell Wilson? And Broncos country starts riding. Maybe I got one off the wall pick: New York Jets, captained by Aaron Rodgers to the Super Bowl. Oh, is that a, is that like a, is that a potential? The, yeah, there's been a lot of rumors that Rodgers. Well, he wants out of Green Bay, and then the Jets yeah. have been kind of the most strongly linked. And they've got good players that just had the offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year. They got a pretty good defense, but quarterback has kind of been their Achilles' heel. So, but he could uh, he could play in New Orleans just the same. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr is probably not gonna, Derek Carr interviewed this week I don't think I don't know he's, he's gonna be a free agent so he's gonna go whoever offers him the most money that's got a spot um I don't know the Saints oof I, I thought about this though um yeah I think Denver will be good they'll compete um they could be a, a dark horse candidate um I also think the Bengals could too it's like the Bengals have been there two years in a row and it's like, you know, they lost on a field goal, the same way the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So I wouldn't count the Bengals out either. Yeah. NFC, I don't know. That's why I thought, ah, maybe the Eagles, because everybody else is going to be just whatever next year, especially the- especially with Brady <laughs> confirmed retired. Yeah. I think the 49ers can make another run at it. If Brock Purdy yeah. gets healthy and is able to replicate a success, they got a good all-around team. Wait, are we, we're saying we're riding with Purdy? <laughs> nope. Maybe. Bye, Trey Lance. Bye, Jimmy G. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that. a reason to to not. I mean, hey, I'm, um, I'm with Purd. I like Purd. So, if you were the just looking at the the Saints, I had two questions. One, do you do you go for a? I don't know if they were going to get Carr. Wait till he's a free agent or what? But like, do you try and get a? I don't know. They're talking about this. You know, the Saints should draft somebody. They'll probably yeah. have first. So I don't know. Do you draft or you just get the best available QB that's out there now before the draft? Well, the Saints are going to have what pick thirty, I think. I think that's the first rounder that they got from Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I mean, I don't think 
I would just, and I'm not like a Todd McShay, but I just don't feel like there's going to be a really, really like quality, or maybe not quality is not the right word, but like Bryce Young is not going to fall to 30, right? No, Although that Anthony Richardson is supposedly just climbing up draft boards, which I don't really understand. But um, there's some, there's some, some people were saying he's going to go number one quarterback overall ahead of Bryce Young. No, come on. What does he got? What does he got? I think he's if I was the same strategy would be a huge arm. Sorry, go ahead, David. I was going to say if I was the Saints, I think my strategy would be yeah to not take a quarterback this year because you're not getting probably an elite quarterback without trading up. So you look, you just kind of ride with Dalton or Winston for one more year and say like it's going to be what it's going to be, and then just try and pick them with weapons this year and not necessarily tank, but uh, try and see what you can like maybe even trade away some of your picks possibly this year to get like a top 10 pick for next year. And then I don't know what the next year's quarterback class is looking like. Um, Drake may and is Quinn Ewers draft eligible after next year. Uh, yeah, he would be maybe. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe so then maybe try and go, go all in next year on, on your, your quarterback of the future. But um, I don't know if Derek Carr is going to save you from misery in, in one year. Probably not. Caleb Williams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jaden Daniels, Spencer Rattler. Yep. Speaking of misery, uh, do you think that now that Sean Payton is gone, that this perceived bias against the Saints from the NFL, as Saints fans will readily you know, attest to, do you think that goes with Sean Payton? Does it just go away completely? Does it do you think it would still stay with us? Because you know Peyton was at the helm; they they sat him out for a whole year because of that. So I just I don't know. I'm just wondering: Are we? Do you think it's going to just go away like that? The voodoo's gone. Mm. I think there will always be people who kind of perceive the Saints as like some of the bad boys, the NFL, but. Yeah. Uh, I think we're pretty far removed from the bounty gate and the, the scandals of the kind of mid two thousands, uh, 2010s. Yeah. It's kind of a, a new generation now. So That's I don't even think we've really found our kind of new quote unquote identity in the past few years. Um, since Drew Brees left. So yeah. that's something that we were kind of, it kind of turned into that like semi defensive team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like, oh, like we're we got a defensive identity. We're Cam Jordan. We're uh we're Demario Davis, but I don't know. Yeah. We but that's I don't know. It's like I feel like that would have won us more games. Like there were some games where teams drove down and scored and beat the Saints, Oh yeah. You know? So I, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to, it's I think it's crazy that they got rid of, you know, Gardner Johnson. I mean, that's I, I think that one move probably he looked great last night. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I, I know why they did it, but it's like that was – I think he could have been a difference maker enough to change one or two games, which honestly would have decided the division crazy enough. I don't know. Just like he had more interceptions than our whole team this year. So uh, it's just ridiculous. Um, what else? Uh, I don't know. Do you – Would you? who do you think would go first? Well, if you don't think it's – I doubt it's going to be Anthony Richardson, right? He's not going to go first. Probably. Uh, I, I mean, I would if I'm if I'm grading quarterbacks off of just kind of watching. I'm like, I'm Bryce Young is one, two, three, four, five. Like he's he's the top quarterback in this draft. But I don't know. I just saw some reports that people were real high on Anthony Richardson these days. Um, but yeah. um, I feel like Will Anderson's probably probably ends up going 
you know, top five too. So I, I would put either of them up there. Mm-hmm. The thing is just with the, the bears had the number one pick and they have their quarterback. Most would say in Justin Fields. Yeah. So that kind of prevents barring them trading down uh, from picking a quarterback. So if the bears stick at one, then they probably pick Will Anderson. If they traded away, then Bryce Young, I would say Bama either way. Kind of crazy. Yep. Two yeah. best players in college football, same team. Yeah. You think uh you think Tayshawn goes first round? No. I say no I, at this I, point. It's kind of early. He can still have a good pro day and show off his athleticism, but true. uh based on production, I think he's fallen. Yeah. But suppose I mean, okay, like well, why is he that the the whole the whole him coming back and then leaving is very is still strange to me. I don't don't necessarily understand it. And so did he get some sort of tip that he's got a great grade or that he actually, you know, has done enough to be first round? I I don't know. I, to my eyes, I don't think so. Or was he like the, the one true part of the story about, you know, uh, extracurricular activities before the SEC title game? <laughs> or maybe uh, that's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Although they haven't, they haven't let anybody else go. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll have plenty of uh, plenty of info by the time the draft comes around. You have pro day. You're going to have the you know you know the combine, all that stuff. Which nine tigers are going to? Congrats to them. But uh, yeah, I mean, we I know basketball is can't end soon enough, <laughs> men's anyway. But uh, I don't know we got baseball starting this Friday, which is great. Uh, but you know, there's still there's still like a spring recruiting season i i don't think lsu's probably for the most part done but i don't know there, there could be one or two out there um but going back to basketball um not a good weekend for men's or women's uh women were looking good until they went to south carolina um and i, I wasn't able to watch it tommy you, you did you said it was it was pretty bad most of the game i checked it on the score a couple times and it looked close when when i was checking in but then I saw the final. I thought, all right, well, I guess, guess they just couldn't handle them after a certain point. Because I think in the, in the second half, they were as close as five. Same as the first half a couple times. But then, I, you know, I, I could see the flow of the game. It was it's obviously they had to come fight, fighting back to get within five, and then they just couldn't hold them. Yeah. But, yeah. It was just, I mean, Kim Mulkey herself, she said it herself. It's just, there's South Carolina and everybody else. Yeah. I mean, you could you could totally tell, like, I mean, yeah, they even said it in the in the broadcast. It's like this is the number three team in the nation, LSU, but they've only played one top top ten or, or ranked opponent, maybe or top at least top ten opponent other than South Carolina. And so, yeah, yeah I mean, we we kind of were brought down to earth a little bit. Um, are we still the number three team in the nation? Maybe so. Maybe that's just how good South Carolina is. But wasn't a. I wouldn't say it was. You know. A, a very competitive game. I feel like South Carolina pretty much handled us. Yeah, I wasn't able to watch it either, but that's kind of the impression that I got. I think it was Angel Reese's first game without a double double of the season. And just looking at the stats, like they out rebounded us 43 to 25. Uh, and then field goal percentage, they shot almost 60%, but we shot 40%. And 40% isn't abysmal even from the field, but if the other, shoot, other team is shooting 60%, then you're going to have a hard time winning. Uh, which just shows the talent they have inside and out. 
So props to them. And there's still a chance for a deep run this year, given the talent that we have. And we're still jockeying for a number one seed um, in the tournament, uh, which would put us in really good position. So it's not the end of the world, but it is disappointing when this is like the, the most hyped LSU basketball or women's basketball game in a long time and to, to get beaten soundly, but still time to, to regain composure and, and fight on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think Tigers are probably, they'll fall as like it. Well, it depends what happens after this game, right? Like either they're still good. And this game was just, you know, an anomaly because South Carolina is South Carolina and, or it's like LSU. I don't know. Um, it depends how they respond after this. Cause they could be a two or three seat, you know? Um, I think they're still good. We'll just, we'll see. Not the case with the men, though. <laughs> the men are not good. Yeah, we just, do not need to see. Very bad. I I saw the first half score of that. It was forty-one to seventeen. Like, what is going on here? Then I saw the final. I thought, all right, these guys showed some fight. Only <laughs> lost by like twelve after being down almost thirty. It's ridiculous. But you know, hey, it is what it is. I don't know. I I, I don't have anything new to say. I really don't. Yeah, no. it, it's hard. It's hard to win when you start the game down twenty-one to three. Like they scored three points in the first uh, ten minutes. Like I, they could do just as good with me out on the court. Like and that's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> I, they're basically playing four v five. And then yeah, like you you said, they turned it around in the second half a little bit. I actually did watch this game, but uh, the effort just it wasn't there. Ice cold from everywhere on the court, and not much hope in sight. I mean, this week they've got, thankfully, some matchups against slightly worse opponents in um, Georgia <laughs> and in South Carolina. And South Carolina is the second worst team in the SEC behind us. So if there's ever hope for a win, it's this week. Um, but if we if we drop those, then it's probably going to be over for the rest of the season. Which uh, is... I don't know. I watched I watched Georgia play Kentucky, and I mean they look real good against Kentucky, and mm-hmm. they beat them. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I. I Let's just let's just chalk this season up. Hopefully, uh, the man can can, fig, can figure out five new people or something. Yeah, the the fire grows hotter every week. I I, I yeah I, I I do wonder like what I wonder what the what the you know explanation is going to be at the end. Like yeah, is b- behind closed doors is Scott Woodward like tearing into him and asking him what's going on, or is he? Is it just kind of more civil? Like, like you, you got two years, man. Like I understand what the, the problem is. You came into a bad situation, blah, blah, blah. Like we've talked about, or is he like, you got to win some games here. He's like, hey, you know, what are we even doing here? I, I um, would, I would, I mean, he's, yeah, there's definitely leeway there, but I would ask him, all right, I get that, you know, we may not be there as a team, but how do you explain going 10 minutes without a field goal and like back-to-back games? Like this is the same thing happened you know, the game before I, I, I remember it. I watched the game. It was just, it's like, he, I, I don't understand. A, a lot of them were just forced shots because they didn't have anything. And the shot clock was about to expire. Other times it was, that's it. It's like, that's their offense. Their offense is to just, I don't know, somebody get open and you watch other teams and like these very specific plays. And I, I don't know. It's, yeah. I, I think if I was Scott, Woodward, I was like, look, you got leeway, but can you make it competitive? What can you do? Can you just hold the ball? Just run off the shot clock. Just have them practice long three. They keep doing the half court shots. Just come down well, the floor, have them stop and pop it, 
hey, they might start having to guard that, right? There, there was a um, – <laughs> there was a uh, – when we were in high school, Daniel, you might remember this. Um, we, like the, we went to the state basketball tournament, and um, there was a team – Forget what, forget what, I think it was Brookhaven Academy or something. It was a small private school. They had no business being in this, in this basketball tournament. They were not a good basketball, basketball school and they were a football school, but they like made it in. And, um, they were playing against maybe like the top team in the state or something. You know, it was cause it, cause it was like one from one versus 16 or whatever. Well, um, they, they, they're playing the game. They start, uh, the, the first quarter and one team, the other team goes up two points. They go up two points. The other team goes up two. you know, it's two, four, and then four to four. And then it's six to six. Then suddenly Brookhaven, the team that's not supposed to be there, they score another one. And so it's eight to six or something like that. And then from that point on, they started, they, they, of course there's no, um, there's no shot clock in, in high school basketball, at least in our high school basketball, there wasn't. So all they did was pass the ball around and they would, and they played, they tried to play the hardest defense known to man. And then they just passed it. They just went back and forth. They ran little motions, but they never tried to score. And like, I remember watching, I, w- I wasn't at the game. I remember getting it like people um, filming, like and sh- it's, it's showing it to me and being like, can you believe this? Like, and they did it for the entire game. I think they still ended up losing, but the final score was like 20 to 16. Cause that was their, that was their, their strategy was like, we're going to hold the ball. We have no business playing in this game. And, uh, you know, we're going to try and gut out a win no matter how cheap it is. And that's what I want to see out of Matt McMahon. At this exactly. <laughs> that, that exact situation you just described was on the news again at ESPN and some like Arizona high school game a couple days ago. Uh, oh, really? The final score was four to two because they did that exact same strategy <laughs> with, with no shot clock and a team in the playoffs literally just stood there and held the ball for like 30 or <laughs> 15 minutes. And then the final score was four to two and they won. Like, this wild. shouldn't be allowed. Um, I don't know how you can really go home with yourself and like pat yourself on the back after a win like that. But I don't you know, say it's all for the win. I don't know. That's a test of wheels right there. That is that is hard to teach. You know, it's really, I mean, you got to think that like the, the players, there's got to be a player on, on that team. That's like, Hey, I'm pretty good. Yeah. And you know, like for them to be, to, you're right. To be like, to have the will to be like, no, we are not that good. We need to just sit, we need to sit here and trust the process of yeah. passing the ball and not attempting shots. Yeah. That's such as very Zen game plan. Uh, it's crazy. Um, well still basketball related. I guess men's and women's. I had to bring it up because it was in the news. And, and well, it is news. So a year after they named the basketball floor that, you know, comes and goes after games and especially if there's stuff in between, they were renaming Dale Brown Court, Dale Brown, no, the, the Brown Gunther Court, Dale Brown Sue Gunther Court, uh, who was the, Sue Gunther was the coach of the, LSU women's team uh like back in the late 90s early 2000s uh she I don't know they some could say she's a legend I I don't know they went to some tournaments they played in some final fours pretty much when Simone Augustus was there so it's you know a lot of credit to her who has a statue outside 
Uh, but Sue Gunther also has a statue inside the PMAC. So I don't know why they were trying to push until I found this outkick.com uh, article, who's actually wrote, it was written by uh, Glenn Gilbo, who's, you know, who covers the Tigers in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. Um, but apparently there's this long story about it. And apparently they went to Dale Brown. They had lunch with him, like the president and, uh, and somebody else. And this was after, the, you know, they named the court and he probably thought it was just some lunch with, you know, F, you know, with, uh, with Tate and, and Woodward. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I, I, was he there? I don't know. I don't um, know. I don't know. That's what, uh, no, it was, um, I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll get to it, but basically, um, yeah, it was with, with Tate, uh, William Tate and, I think uh, Temple, Collis, uh, sorry. Oh, Collis Temple. Thank you. Collis Temple was yeah. also there. So they were basically there to basically tell Del Brown to be okay with them changing the name of the court that they just honored after him after all these years. It's like it's not even a year yet, and they're saying, hey, uh, we're going to change the basketball card. It'd be great if you could go on. I mean, this will really help your image. You know, you look like a humanitarian. And he kind of, Dale Brown got upset. And I don't blame him. Because, like, why would you name, rename the court a year after you just gave it to me? Yeah. Um, nothing against Sue Gunther, but, like, our records aren't even different. I won SEC titles. I, you know, I went to the Final Four with, you know, in different decades with different players. So, I, you know, or, I don't know. It was just different. And come to find out, supposedly, all this stems from, I think, Governor Edwards' wife and and somebody else and some other people behind the scenes. And they wanted to rename they, – well, they wanted to put out supposedly this statue outside of Simone Augustus, but they also want to rename the court. You would think, oh, okay, here goes some wokeness. I, I think it's just a big CYA move because of all the Title IX implications that are still out there. They're trying to say, uh, look, we're all for women here. We've turned, we've changed our tune. We've turned the tables. We're looking forward, and you know, all hail women. I guess that's that's what this is about. To this article from Glenn Gilbell, and I'm like, this is this is ridiculous. Do you really think? Well, I, I can't say it's. They really think is I don't know maybe maybe some people can be swayed by this I I don't know anymore I think it's a silly attempt to just CYA yeah what do you, what do you guys say that, I mean that that makes a little bit I haven't I I haven't gotten into I, I pulled up the article you're talking about I'll have, to, I'll yeah. have to like give this a real deep dive because I had, I saw the I saw the kind of bickering back and forth on Twitter about the and I mean I thought yeah I agree like it's kind of weird and stupid to like rename a court you just named last year. Like, why didn't you have this idea last year? But right? the <laughs> and she's yeah, looking, twenty years removed from yeah. Hatching. It's not like she, she didn't retire yesterday. Like she didn't. And like you're right, Scott. Like I don't think anybody would have had a problem with it. I don't think Dale Brown would have had a problem with it if they had came to him. They'd said last year, "Hey, well, yeah. we're going to name the court for both of you. Are you okay with that?" Because that's like, oh yeah, great. But like <laughs> when you give it to me and then come back a year later and say, "Actually, wait, hold on." Um, huh. The CYA thing—that is a pretty good point. I feel like um, 
I feel like that I could I feel like there there are people within the I feel like that's a that's a good cover or not cover but like a good excuse. You know like the border regions it's all political. The border regions is very powerful in the state of Louisiana and you know, if somebody, I mean, the border region is, is big time donors, big time political donors, big time donors to LSU. Um, so if a lot, you know, if they get to, if 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 they kind of come up with this, if somebody gets gets a bee in their bonnet to do this, um, yeah. I could see people being like, "No, look, like we need to do this because of the Title Nine stuff." I think that, yeah, I think you're right, Scott. That you're probably onto something there. Yeah, um, it makes sense. I mean, on a personal level, the whole stadium and court namings and all that, it's it's not something that affects me in my daily life. So, I mean, it's not the end of the world. I couldn't really care less who they name it after. Um, I think it's, I guess it's a similar type of thing for whose numbers they retire and all that. Um, I kind of think that in general... Well, it's kind of like if name- they'd unretired, like if they retired seven... Or no, they they retired nine for Burrow, and then came to him like a year later. Was like, actually, wait, we're not going to retire your number. Yeah, I think it, it speaks a little <laughs> bit to the fact that you should be pretty careful with who you name these things after, or like whose numbers you retire. Like, there's maybe an argument to be said that you should only do it if it's like an absolute lock, like certain legend that will never be surpassed. I mean, for LSU, yeah, I mean, like Pete Maravich, all-time college scoring leader record like nobody's gonna beat him that's that's an easy one um sure i I know but just wait it'll be the uh, it'll be the the maravich augustus assembly center in like two years (laughs) yeah but like it's feasible that there could come along a coach at lsu who who is better than john brady or sue gunter or whatever and then are they gonna rename the court again to the the gunter brady williams court um yeah i mean i think yeah especially like LSU's not a basketball school, I don't think. Uh, may, maybe people will argue, especially like maybe the people who were kind of around in the '90s with with kind of the you know heyday Mahmoud uh, Abdul Rauf, <laughs> what his name, whatever what he goes by now, um, or Chris Jackson to to uh, yeah. to our you know fans out there, but um and Shaq and all them, but like. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind that like you name it for Duke, you name Coach K Court, Coach K Court, mm-hmm. like that, of course, right? Like I don't think there, he could have been coaching, he could, he could have been, it could, you could have renamed it Coach K Court ten years ago, or no, they did name it ten years ago, didn't they? But yeah, yeah was, but I don't no. think they'll ever, they're never going to change it, right? Because no, that's my point. Is like, yeah. like it was a lot when they named, like he was coaching, he was coaching when it was Coach K Court, mm-hmm. and like that's kind of you know, it's kind of kind of crazy that you would have your you would have your thing named after you while you're still like kind of in your prime yeah but like to, to take football for an example if they wanted to rename tiger stadium or something like who i don't think there's someone who you could name tiger stadium after and like everyone would be happy no um, but also but also like tiger stadium has its own if it was like okay what, what did you say if they want to rename the field like are we going to make it you can't make it really um, Joe Burrow field or uh, Tommy Casanova field or something, or no. I don't even know who else, not less miles field. I mean, like it would have to okay, take but, something special, but like they, they didn't they, um, really? 
didn't it, yeah we're we're gonna name it Kelly Field. No, we're gonna name it O Field. Um, wh- what about didn't they recently do Skip Bertman Field? It yeah, wasn't yeah. the it was Alex Box, and then they did Skip Bertman. Yeah, Field. Skip Bertman Field. Well, that's what like, they were saying they could have done with the LSU women's practice facility. Just call it the Sue Gunther facility. You know, just there there are there were other options. That's all. I what don't if know, they I, named a goal after her? Yeah, just put her face Dale, on the backboard. Dale, Dale Brown, Dale Brown Court with Sue Gunter goals. Right. <laughs> what What about uh, what if they renamed it the the P Shack, so that you could get Shack in there somehow? That'd be kind of cool, actually. I'd be for yeah. that. He would love it. He's all about branding his name. Oh, he's yeah. He's all. Have you watched the Shack? Uh, have you Have you watched any of the Shack documentary? No. On HBO. No. Pretty good. You should, I've only watched. I watched the first episode where he talks about LSU. Because that was kind of what I care about, mm-hmm. um, but it talks about him, him like as a young, as a you know, a young college student, like caring about branding and like knowing, like he wanted to. This is kind of what he wanted to do. He wanted to build this persona. It's pretty cool. The yeah. Papa John's Shaquille O'Neal Assembly Center. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, there'll be definitely Papa John's served and, uh, you know. Canon copiers or, or Epson copiers everywhere. Epson, yeah, <laughs> he's he's on everything. The gen, it'll be insured by the general. Yep, yep. There'll be an Office Depot kiosk inside, and gold bond. Yep. Oh yeah, there'll be little dispensers for gold. <laughs> um, I don't know, guys. I I think. Well, I mean, we got baseball coming up. Um, sorry to switch gears pretty quickly, but we're we're getting to the uh, the top of the hour here. There's just so much to yeah. cover. Uh, but baseball opens up this weekend. Uh, they start out with Western Michigan. Um, hopefully that'll be a good weekend to open. Uh, I think everyone's pretty excited about it. Uh, I'd love for the Tigers to sweep all three, but I, I would just be happy if we if we start out with two straight wins and just just kind of see what we got, you know? Yeah, I agree. No, I, I, I'm excited. I'm, I think this is their first big chance to have um you know to have well i mean we obviously we had great success in football but like i'm i'm feeling it for baseball i think everybody yeah, the no, hype no is pressure. there no pressure. no pressure yep but if you can't win with if you can't win with this kind of talent i don't know what to tell you there's so much yeah i'm excited excited to watch it and gonna do my best to watch as much as i can over the course of the three games i think the big takeaways for fans is going to be to take note of who the starting pitchers are because that'll set the president for the rest of the year. Um, we could probably pencil in a couple and Paul Skinnis and uh, Thatcher Hurd, but the third is a little bit up for grabs, I think, uh, as well as kind of the rest of the roster. Um, most of the pieces are, I would say, more or less set, but then there's a few questions, I think, like a second base and maybe a couple of the outfield spots uh, in catcher as well, where um, we don't know exactly who's going to be numero uno. And I wouldn't be surprised if they if they tussed out a couple different guys at different places yeah against western michigan this isn't you're not going into a weekend series against florida here or anything um but yeah i want them to mash some home runs put 15 on them every game uh and throw gas down the middle and see what we can do don't isn't isn't that are they're introducing like the run rule right i haven't heard about that i think so i think sec baseball is now having a uh uh baseball like a 10 that's not 10 run i think it might be 15 run um but uh yeah let's see that would that would help yep. because who who needs to see any more 
late night games at Hoover. Like, you know, just because some teams went in 15 to five and the game's just dragging on. So the so SEC the is implementing a 10, 10 run mercy rule in conference play. Good. Is it after a certain period, like after four innings or five or innings? Seven. After seven? seven. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. Uh, That'll so. save time. Great. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Speaking of uh, Paul Skinnis schemes, what it, however it is, I guess we'll figure it out this weekend. Um, I don't know. I, I think my, my guess is still he, he'd probably be the, the Friday starter. That's my guess. But um, – I know that I saw an interview with him because, you know, they're trying to get to, to know all these new guys and they're asking him just about his journey. Like he opened up his season last year against LSU, you know, in Baton Rouge uh, when Air Force came to play and they're asking him, you know, so, you know, what, you know, why'd you come here? He's like, I, I wanted to get better. Like he came, he was just so impressed with probably, you know, the facilities, the fans and just, like the level of play too, of course, because that's mm-hmm. that's what he's going to most develop from. But I mean, it's all of it. It's like these these guys, like you know, LSU fans. It's it's different in the SEC. Like I doubt Air Force people are going to spring baseball scrimmages, like wanting to rub elbows with the with the players and just getting like they they all like the people that go every day. They know these guys and the players know them. It's you know, there's that one guy that every LSU fan knows the. So I, that guy that's always yelling, like everybody knows him. There's more of him. Uh, yeah. I think it's uh, it's just a different culture. I think that's why he came. Really excited to see him because I know we're going to see him pitch and hit this weekend. Willing to bet, right? I hope so. I think that, that's probably the funnest thing about about him coming to the team. It's like people were like, "Yeah, you've got Shuhei Otani of of um, college baseball." Yeah. And then, of course, you know, you got this this lineup of hitters who, um, oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't know. I can't wait to see what they do. Yeah, like, could Gorilla Ball be back? Maybe. I would just be happy if they could score in the right situations and, uh, you know, have the least amount of people left on base percentage in the SEC. I, yeah. I think that's a very modest request. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're, putting, if you're pinning hopes on the season, I just – don't leave a bunch of men on base like we had the last umpteen years. Um, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting because, you know, it's it's kind of like basketball. It starts out with different teams. Then we go to a uh, like a round rock classic the following weekend where we're going to play Kansas State in round rock, Texas on Friday, then uh, Iowa on Saturday. Maybe the baseball team can redeem us because I do not uh, like just LSU would lose. I think this would be their fourth whatever matchup in a row we would lost to kansas state we lost to win football basketball last year something the year before so we're ready to get past kansas state yeah definitely and then we play iowa again uh and then after that you know we actually uh we play texas uh i think that'll be uh i'll be a, a good game um and then we don't really kick off sdc play until march probably like when you know March Madness was just about to start. Uh, we opened up uh, in College Station against Texas A&M, but I don't know, man. It's going to be uh, – it's it's like the calm before the storm because, you know, once this weekend comes, it's kind of like football and basketball. It's just mm. gone before you yeah. know it. Yeah. Oh, 
Well, <laughs> I'm ready for it to get started. Well, I think we lost Daniel. I'm waiting for him to oh. come back because uh, I just wanted to see, give him an opportunity to speak more on the baseball. But uh, if he can't join us, that's okay. We could uh, we could move on without him. But no, man, do you have any uh, final thoughts on anything? Um, I mean, just just a good just a good uh, good end to the NFL season, despite maybe that penalty that was questionable. Um, enjoyed enjoyed I just just enjoyed the game. Enjoyed you know. Enjoy football. I'm I'm happy with uh, the way LSU's been and and uh, ready to ready for baseball season because sure as hell not happy with basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's just. Whew. But hey, uh, who is it? Um, who LSU? Like some team that beat us last year? Uh, was it Iowa State? No, it was Iowa State. Uh, they. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think it was Will Wade's last season. Iowa State knocked us out, right? Like that coach had like two wins the year before. Mm-hmm. We're nowhere near that bad, but you know. Yeah. No, hopefully, I mean, you could definitely turn it around. I think that that maybe the good thing about basketball is a few. If you pick up a few great players in the transfer portal, like who knows? But it's just hard. We don't. Ha- we definitely don't have like that depth in that like i don't see the recruiting coming you know we, we just don't we don't have the infrastructure right now so yeah. i don't know what to predict for next year yeah no yeah we we can definitely put that one on the shelf yeah but uh yeah i don't know we'll uh watch some baseball this weekend and uh recap next week so uh, i think that'll pretty much do it for us here on talking tigs uh i can assure our listeners that Daniel sends his love and wishes he could be here to say goodbye, but he's uh, uh, indisposed at the moment, but he'll be back here next week as we uh, recap the baseball and everything else that's going on. So hope everyone until then has a, a good week. You stay safe. You stay tuned. Keep your eyes in the sky for balloons. And uh, we'll talk to you next time here on talking ticks.